Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome, your host, and with me, the charming co-host, Ann Kerrigan, the blonde well, Good evening, everybody. How are you doing tonight? Outstanding. Actually, outstanding. I'm, yeah, actually, I'm beat because I went to the health club and kicked uh -oh. ass. So. <laughs> Well, I'm glad one of us did that. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I walked. I did. That's I did, good. I, I did a little bit of exercise. Chew gum. <laughs> did I chew gum? Yeah. What? What? You're cutting in and out. I can't. Am I really? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. You're breaking up. That you. We're breaking up. We're breaking up. That's what Togi Knight is. Uh, Togi Knight is saying. Uh, apparently they're going to call him back. So we will, we will have Van Helsing back momentarily, but, uh, good to be back again. Had a lot of, uh, work issues lately. So I apologize for that. Sometimes that happens. Um, I work for a television station, public access. So sometimes I can't control that stuff, but, oh, well. uh, Am I okay oh, now? he's back. I don't am know. I am I sound all right? Uh, so far, so good. Oh, there you go. So there it all is. Right. Yeah. Anyway, What's so uh, joining us now is a young lady uh, who uh, we actually, you and I are going to work with her on Friday. Yeah. And she is a rescue medium, uh, and she is Amy Major. Amy? <laughs> I'm here. I'm just. I'm loving the fact they called me a young lady. I'm loving it. <laughs> well, last time I'm I turning did that... 40 in May. I'm like, I love every minute of everyone calling oh, me young. Oh, you're still young. You're still young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and everybody's wrong. Everybody is young to Van Helsing. So. That's true. Oh, yeah. That is true. <laughs> yeah, yesterday I got in trouble on the international show because I called the producer pretty. And so she okay. thought I was a dirty old man. So oh. uh, <laughs> right into that. <laughs> So now I have a sexual harassment suit against me. Oh, well. In England. That's nice. How sweet. <laughs> really knows how to take a compliment, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Amy, thank you for joining us today. And uh, for those who don't know, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how people can get her in touch with you. Oh, sure. Yeah, my name's Amy Major. They can um, find out more about me at amymajor.com. Also, they can go to Facebook, type in Amy Major. Um, I'm right, one of the first ones that pop up. I'm in New Hampshire. I've um, been doing rescue, mediumship, spiritual mediumship, psychic work, healing work for about 15 years now. I've studied wow. and worked in New Hampshire, and I've worked in Massachusetts. And I am a spiritualist. I am an active member and a board member and a teacher 
at the Spiritualist Church in Derry, New Hampshire. I teach a class every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock for spiritual development and mediumship. And uh, I do home cleansings and spirit investigations and mediumship readings all throughout the area. So if you have any questions, just pop up to my website and uh, send me a chat. I'd love to talk with you. Okay. Can you, you guys can hear me all right, right? Yeah. You're fine yeah. now. Yeah, maybe it is. Uh, for worse. <laughs> so you and I uh, are doing events uh, on Friday, Friday the 15th, tax day, yep. April, right? So yes, uh, it, it is um, an enchanting evening of uh, Victorian table tipping. And I'm really excited about it because I, I love table tipping. Uh, I've actually... Uh, I kind of adapted it for my red light seances and, and included it in a, in a larger scale. So uh, for those who don't know what table tipping is, why don't you give us a little uh, description of what it is? Well, table tipping is a form of physical mediumship. Um, you don't have to be a medium in order to do table tipping, though it does help to have mediums in the room to help amplify the spirit energy that you're connecting in with. Um, but with table tipping, you usually, you don't have to always, but usually sit around a small three-legged table that's round, and participants would sit around the table. We would uh, then press our, our fingertips on the edge of the rim of the table, and we would invite spirit to come in. And from there, we can ask spirit questions. We can find information about spirits. And when they answer or reply, they would usually tip the table one tip for yes and two tips for no. And mm -hmm. sometimes spirits don't tip the table at all. Usually to me that's an indication it's either a no or they don't understand the question. But you can also come up with, you know, alphabetic as well. One tip A, two tips B, three tips C, and so on. So they can actually start spelling out, you know, words mm -hmm. to you and forming some sort of communication. So it's just a wonderful way to be able to communicate with spirit. You don't have to be a medium, and you can come and actually feel the energy of spirits around you and being able to have that physical connection with them again. They love it. They love coming in. They love connecting with us on all various levels. And, they, you know, we've had the table dance around the room. We've had people mm -hmm. levitate the table. It's just a really exciting time to be able to come and connect in, in, a, in a physical way. So many people have heard about mental mediumship, but a lot hasn't been very clear on, on physical mediumship, which is to me very exciting. Right. It's um, it's it's kind of cool because it, 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 it's to me I like it because you know I'm, I'm a very visual person. I like to see things rather than you know have a medium tell me all oh, this spirit here da da da. You have this table mm -hmm. that's moving and giving you answers. It's, it's like dowsing, you know. Dowsing is uh, you can do the same thing and 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 that mm -hmm. you you can see something. So it, it to me it's a a little more validation. It's certainly fun if anything. And of course we're going to dress up. I, I know Ann and I are definitely. Of course. And, yeah. Always. And, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are uh, going to have a, uh, a prize for the best costume too. It's Victorian. We're talking Victorian uh, costumes, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. it's at the uh, Universal. Uh, wait a minute, no, Universal Unitarian Universal? Church. 
the U U C. Oh, I like that. So, uh, if anybody's interested, they can go to uh, circle call Circles of Wisdom at nine seven eight four seven four. 8010, that's 978-474-8010, and they can get more information and sign up there, or they can go to the Circle uh, of Wisdom website, or check out my website, which has the direct link as well, which is neghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. And so, yeah, I'm really excited, and this will be the first time I, I've worked with you at an event, too, so that, that'll be fun, too. Uh, it will be. You know, we've always had such great energy with the tables coming through just be prepared they're going to be flying across the room you know they're going to be dancing across the floor and doing all kinds of things and i never leave a table tipping session without the tables kicking me in the shins i don't know what it is they just love knocking my my legs around and they love (laughs) reaching up and kicking me it's like hi how you doing all right so i leave the bruises every night ah shin pads like football you know, yeah. padding and all right. You know, one of the, the first times I was introduced was at my uh, paranormal study group. And uh, uh, someone came in with the table. And at the very end of the table, sometimes the, the table will give hugs to the people that are sitting on it. And the table actually inverts. And the, uh, the two legs will go and they'll kind of give you a little hug. Well, mm-hmm. this, this happened at the event. And I purposely it would try to come to me a couple times and i purposely was pushing it away but there was so much force on it that it got me up out of my chair and actually forced me across the room and pinned me on the wall with the two legs <laughs> ah, ron i don't think it was hugging you yeah i don't either <laughs> uh, uh no <laughs> yeah it was uh you know it just i i, I purposely tried not to have it do that and yet i was unable to control it at all. It, it was just uh, very interesting as far as that. Well, I think the uh, one thing that so many people question is like, well, how do we know that somebody isn't moving the table? Yeah. You know, you can definitely tell, you know, when somebody presses their fingers down on the edge of a table, you can tell that direct location of where someone is pressing. But when the table tips and moves around, the whole table simultaneously moves on its own. And we've even had people's hands fly off the table because it's so forceful. So you can definitely tell this is not somebody messing around, fooling around, or, or moving things with their knees. That was a big thing during the spiritualist time, as people moving them with their knees. So, um, yeah, we definitely, you know, everything is legit. We don't ever try to cheat anybody out of anything. We don't have to. The tables are fully equipped to be able to move on their own. I have absolutely no doubt the spirit's going to come in and have a wild time with us. We don't need to cheat, and we don't need to do any of that. So there's no need to worry at all. Mm-hmm. And there was another uh, time that we were doing a table tipping session at the at the paranormal study group as well. Well, my good friend Cheryl Chisholm was there, and uh, she was the one that uh, brought the tables and everything else. And we, there was, I think, uh, about four people around the one of the little tables. And uh, the table wanted to speak to somebody, and, and the, they kept saying, well, you know, can you point to where it was? And it kept pointing to in between people. And what it was, there was a, someone sitting outside the circle, uh, mm-hmm. and the message was them. So they invited wow. them in on the table. And as it turns out, it was their grandfather. And all this information came in that 
you know, no one in the room would absolutely know. And this guy didn't even want to participate in it. You know, that's why he wasn't in, in the circle. And, and yet all this information came out uh, about his grandfather. And uh, so it, it's, you know, it's very intriguing, whether you believe it or not. It's certainly intriguing. Oh, it is. I mean, and table tipping is also used for many different ways other than just communicating with spirit just to say hello. I mean, people use it in investigations, like if they're trying to find a missing person or if they're trying to get information about um, someone who's passed, like an earthbound spirit, you're trying to help an earthbound spirit cross over. It's useful for communicating that way as well. It's used for many different things, and you can ask them personal things about what's going on in your life if they're allowed to answer, of course, they're going to try to help you out any way they can. Um, but it can be used for so many different ways, and it's really useful, very helpful. And it's all in the light. Even physical, you know, physical mediumship is a very positive experience. A lot of people, again, like to have a lot of um, ideas thinking, well, it's not in the light because it's not mental mediumship. And people really have to get off that and think that, well, just because it's a physical object, it needs to sense you're heavier, darker. And that's just not true. I mean, mm-hmm. spirits love to come in and communicate with us in various ways, various levels. And we need to be able to open our hearts and our minds to be able to explore all these different aspects of yeah, spirit very, communication. Very, well, yes, I find that a lot of that, you're right, uh, what I call light mediums, they, they frown upon the mediumship, which, which they shouldn't. Yeah, you know I mean, oh, they should. It goes. <laughs> you're breaking up again, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Is the spirits working against them? No. <laughs> um, so, Amy, um, how long have you been doing? Um, have you been using the table tipping? I have been doing table tipping since I think 2004, so 12 years now. I mm-hmm. first started learning table tipping through the Spiritualist Church. Um, these table tipping did originate with the Spiritualist back down in the Victorian times. And it still goes on today. You know, I think table tipping kind of got quiet for a while. Not many people did it. Only a handful of churches would. But now it's kind of booming again. And people are really now starting to do it more often. But it does originate with the spiritualist churches. And I know a lot of the churches in the area do it now. And especially my church, I do table tipping sessions at least once every two months. So we, wow. we enjoy doing it. And, um, yes, yeah, my first time doing it was in the Spiritualist Church in Salem, New Hampshire, years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just got hooked. I thought it was the greatest thing. <laughs> the minute my hands touched that table, it started dancing around, and it was just so amazing. Of it. This is real. This is spirit. This is just such a unique experience that I think so many people need to share. Mm-hmm. That... That is great. I I mean, I never would, you know, when you think about churches, and I know a spiritual church, spiritualist church is different from, Mm -hmm. you know, your regular batch of churches, you know, so it's unusual to me, you know, Mm -hmm. to hear about that kind of spirit communication in a church, but I think it's very cool as well. Right. Well, the spiritualist church is actually founded by the belief in the communication um, with spirits on the other side, we believe that once you die, 
your spirit, your soul continues on into heaven. And not only does it continue on, but we still have the capacity to be able to be able to talk with spirit, communicate with them, and still have some form of communication and relationship with them in ways. So the spiritualist church is very faith-oriented. We believe in God. We believe in what we call infinite intelligence. And we believe that, you know, what we do upon others who want to return back to us. Very many different levels of lists of principles that we have that all have to be governed by logic, reason, scientific background, but also, you know, just the faith that we believe that our souls continue on on the other side. And we have various ways of communication. We have mediums that get up at the end of every service and do messages at the end of our service. You get a free reading. Come in. Come to a spiritualist church. You get a free reading with a medium if you come. Not everyone's guaranteed one, but you don't have to spend two, $300 going to a gallery reading. Right. Come to a spiritualist church. We have hands-on healing. We have singing. We have a lot of great lectures. And just being able to communicate and knowing that our loved ones are still around us and still want to talk with us is such a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. And it's great that we have more spiritualist churches opening up in the area. I do go and I do am um, one of the um, board members of the only spiritualist church in New Hampshire, but I'm hoping we'll be able to get some more open up soon. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Anne, you had uh, a chance to do table tipping at the Lizzie Borden House, didn't you? No, yes. I have never been to Lizzie Bornhouse. Oh, oh and it. I, I have, oh. yeah. Yep. Yeah, we had um, with, uh, they kind of, I think, kind of have like a resident, not resident, but um, someone who at that time did regular uh, sessions there. Mm-hmm. Her name escapes me because it was years ago, but that was very interesting. Um, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure all kinds of spirits are coming into that place. <laughs> now, I, I, I don't know. I seem to remember. Um, uh, I, she said something about. Um, I think my father uh, talked to me, and he said, "I need. I need to be careful when I'm driving. I need to slow down." I remember that. <laughs> really. Yeah. You know how many times I've heard that message? Really? <laughs> Probably can't I drive too fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, my father's oh, given up on me. <laughs> you what? My father's given up on me in that message, but oh, he, yeah. he's attempted to contact me for quite a long time now, and uh, especially when I do uh, my paranormal stuff. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't. Uh, I keep that separate. Anyway, so uh, once again, this is going to be a fun night. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of tables, so you, you, everybody gets to participate in it. So everybody will uh, be able to do table tipping, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, exactly. I think we're going to um, talk a little bit about table tipping mm-hmm. and talk. You're going to talk about the history of table yes. tipping, give people a good generalization of it. Uh, we'll do a demonstration. At first, to show what table tipping is like, what you can experience, and then everyone's going to be open to have to sit at their own table and uh, experience it for themselves. It's very exciting. Right, and we have, of course, we have uh, uh, tea and uh, 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 what do you call it? Tea pastries. and pastries or biscuits mm-hmm. or whatever, something. 
So that'll be yep. there as well. So it'll be so a lot of fun. It's very customary I, to have that in the Victorian time. It was very customary to, to um, have tea and pastries and all types of things for your guests because it would be a very social occasion. So this is all going to be very themed in the Victorian way, dressing up Victorian and also greeting, you know, um, the people that come in and, and also giving them tea and um, pastries. So it's all very Victorian themed. So expect to have a really good time. Hopefully we'll get some Victorian spirits. That would be great. That would be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Why not? Right, because we don't, uh, do, how do we know who's going to come through? I mean, do, do we know? We never know. I mean, I always tell people, try in advance. If you know you really want to talk with someone, ask them in advance, like a day or two before, say, I'm going to this event, please come through, please come through in a way that I can understand that this is truly you, and um, just make it so that, you know, I'm clear on this. Um, but until we really get there and we, we sit down with the tables to find out who's coming, because the room is going to be packed with spirits. So just because they don't come through a table doesn't mean they're not there. It's kind of like they have to get in line and wait their <laughs> turn to communicate at the table. So we're going to have family members there. We're going to have friends there. We're going to have guides there and angels there. And we're even going to have spirits that don't even belong to anyone. They're just excited about the event. So the room is going to be, <clears throat> going to be filled with spirit energy. So you never know. If you really, really, really do want to speak with someone, let them know. Get first in line because it's going to be a wait unless you do. <laughs> it's right. like the deli, you know, take a number. Uh. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. I mean, when you and, and the interesting thing is because, you, you know, I have three or four people on a table and, uh, you know, one spirit is definitely going to push in front of the, the line to yeah. get through. So you'll have to deal with that. Each table will have to, uh, and they'll, they'll find out very quickly who, who the spirit's for. It may not actually, it may just be for the table itself. It, you know, in other words, it may not be there for someone in particular. It may just be there to deliver a message. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then we do have very high-level spirits that come in that act more in a universal way that will want to have like a message for everyone in the room. So sometimes you'll have that as well. So it all depends on what somebody needs to know at that time. And I usually call upon the gatekeepers. I have gatekeepers for every table, and they will regulate the spirits that come in for that individual table. They'll protect the table. They'll make sure they keep all the riffraff out. They'll make sure that only spirits that come with light and love are able to come in and communicate, and they'll usually kind of be a gatekeeper, say, okay, relatives can usually come in first, and then friends, and then guides, and then anyone else who's here just wants to say hi. So I usually put gatekeepers at my tables, just so that we have a little bit more communication with those we're expecting to talk with. That's and cool. I've, I've never heard of that. That's that's uh, That's cool. Well, that'll be explained yeah. tonight. That's part of what she's got. I mean, tomorrow, uh, Friday, whenever the heck it is. Friday. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that'll all be explained ahead of time so that we just don't say, you know, stick, sit you down in front of a table and, and go to it. Uh, we'll be right. there. You'll, you'll see a, sh- a little demonstration. You'll uh, Then uh, we'll go around, too, once, once we give our demonstration and people start getting involved in their own tables, then Amy and I will go around and, you know, help out wherever we can. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
be a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm really uh, excited to see who's going to come through. And and how many tables is the most you've ever done it in one evening? Where where? The most I've done with people is about thirty. Mm-hmm. Thirty people, and um, it's usually really great energy. The more people you have, the better spirit energy you have in the room, and it just gets really thick and really heavy, and just feels like you're surrounded by spirits, and it's just a, such an exciting time. So, yeah, the most I have is thirty. How about you? Yeah, about the same amount. So, yep. but what are the? I know we're running out of time. We only got a couple of minutes left before the break, and we have to say goodbye to you. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that is you know somebody will always say, well, you know, nothing ever happens to me. I never get messages. I, you know, uh, I I don't believe in it. I, it how will that work? Uh, will they, you know, will they be able to overcome that? Do you think? Oh, absolutely. There's people there that haven't. Um, really felt like any spirits have come through from them. I will usually um, sit at their table for a few minutes and start regulating, saying, okay, we need to bring a spirit in for this person and then um, have the spirit come in and start talking with them. Because it's kind of like I have to be goalkeeper. All right, this person come in, this other spirit has to leave. And this is where I work with the gatekeepers and making sure if everybody gets a chance to be able to speak with somebody um, that they can at least have some type of recollection of. Oh, I think I know who this person is. Well, I, I hate it when spirits come in and you have absolutely no idea who they are. It's great for them to come in, but I know so many people come in with the hopes that they're able to speak with someone close to them. So I, I really try hard to make sure that those spirits come through. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be on Friday night uh, from 7 to 10 at the uh, Universal Unitarian Church in Andover, Massachusetts. Uh, check out my website, neghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, or call Circles of Wisdom at 978-474-8010, 978-474-8010, and find out more information or to register, or, or you can uh, contact Amy uh, at at amymajor.com or go to Facebook at Amy Major. I have everything listed and the links to go to to buy tickets for the table tipping event. Okay, here's the tunes and so we have to say goodbye to you, Amy. Thank you so much for dropping in. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful night. Yeah, Thanks, bye Amy. Now. Good night. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation with Ann Carrigan, Ron Kolick, Amy Major was, I guess, and we'll be right back after following messages. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2, 
But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann, and we have another guest coming up. We said goodbye to Amy Major, and I don't know if we have our guest yet. <laughs> no, we're on hold for him. So we're on hold. Okay. So it, yeah, but uh, yeah, so that I look forward to Friday because that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh yes, we're going to yeah. have a ball. And we're going to tape. We're going to tape some of it too. So right. Yes. Yep. We're going to be. Uh, taping the event um i mean i don't know whether we'll tape the whole thing or portions of it but at any rate um and we're going to be featuring that on our next uh live video broadcast so you guys will get to share that with us there yeah so that which is next week right yes next wednesday night uh the 20th we're gonna have uh our, uh, our monthly video broadcast from EBC TV. Uh, unfortunately, due to circumstances beyond our control, last month we couldn't do our show. Nope. Sorry about that. But uh, sometimes, like I said earlier, you know, it's a television studio and sometimes we have to do last minute meetings and really mm-hmm. boring stuff. So, anyways. So, anyways, I guess we have our guest. Uh, so, for. Uh, Many of us in New England, we all know the Haunted Victorian has been on uh, Ghost Hunters a couple times, been on Ghost Adventurers, uh, My Ghost Story, and, and we all know the story of Edwin and, uh, oh my God, I just forgot her name. Lillian. Thank you very much. <laughs> so we now have the new owner of the Haunted Victorian, and he is Rob Conti. Rob, are you there? Hey, how are you? Good. Thank you for Hi, joining Rob. us today. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> so, uh, what possessed you to, to buy this old mansion? Well, I'm a dentist in New Jersey. However, <laughs> I also I also run a traveling haunted circus called the Dark Carnival, which is a haunted attraction. And I've always had a interest in perhaps one day having a freestanding haunted house in New Jersey. But due to the regulations in New Jersey, it's really impossible. But I still always had that idea in my head. This is, geez, this is going back 15 years. And I always had an idea of what it would look like, even to the point that maybe one day I could construct my own for for an attraction. And then one day my wife was on the Internet and someone forwarded her a real estate listing for this house. When I looked at it, it almost looked like the house out of my head that has been in my head for 15 years. Ooh. And when I saw the price, I'm like, you know what? 
this is this is a pretty nice opportunity for us. So we made a few calls and we uh, purchased the home. Wow. Now, and, you know, the, the home, as you well know, needed a lot of work to it. Uh, it it's, you know, it's been in tough shape. Uh, the roof needed fixing. There was a, you know, the heating system. There was a, I mean, it's a whole, you certainly know the thing. So it was a, a bigger undertaking to, than you thought? or, or Oh, no, I, I knew what I was getting into. Um, <laughs> I, I had an inspector come by, and this is one of the odd things about when I purchased the house. The inspector came by, did his full, very thorough, gave me a, practically a book on his <laughs> findings. I and one thing he, he, he said, you know, it's really odd that this house has been vacant at one point for 20 years and then vacant for another year and a half later after that. He goes, the house is very structurally sound. Now, understanding it's 135 years old, clearly it needs some work. The roof is leaking. Going in, I knew those things were going to have to be addressed. We've already put a brand new roof on, so we resolved that problem. And starting last Monday, they started the exterior, so I'm hoping that should be a nine-week project. By the end of the nine weeks, the exterior should be all perfectly restored, repainted, all new trim work to look exactly as it looked back in the day. Awesome. That's awesome. Oh, my God, I can't wait to see it. And we're yeah, talking about, for those who don't know, it's it's called the Pierce Mansion. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the proper, proper name of it. Um, so, yeah, we're really excited about it. Ann and I had the opportunity to, to stay overnight there. We, we've done several investigations there as well. Uh, so it the place is, is really, really exciting, really interesting uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're truly excited about the project. Um, which we're hoping to open it up as a bed and breakfast and open it up to the public, hopefully by uh, the, the fall. Oh, oh excellent. wow. Excellent. That's fast. Yeah, so, the, the old furnace is gone, the old oil furnace. Oh and my we're God. Uh, actually getting a gas line run from the city, and it's going to have proper heat now. <gasps> so yes. we can actually It's going to have heat? Yeah, it's going to have heat. (laughs) I've never been there when it had heat. (laughs) (laughs) Neither have I yet, so I'm looking forward to it also. Oh, God, that's funny. That's wonderful. uh, Ann and I had the opportunity to stay overnight one time. It was just the two of us. uh, And the only wood stove, the pellet stove, was in the kitchen for Uh the entire house. And it was winter, and it was freezing. We had to go outside to get warm. That's how cold it was. Uh, It was horrid. (laughs) Oh, God. So, Rob, um, the Dark Carnival, is that something now is this a a reality right now or is this the thing that was in your head is is that what you're working on now what do you oh no 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 the dark carnival was my attraction in new jersey we've been running that since 2010 oh that's something completely different oh yeah yeah see a lot of people were concerned because uh edwin when we bought the house actually posted that i had bought it under the name of the dark carnival and posted some of our pictures from the dark carnival which is mostly circus related haunted attraction with actors. People thought that's what I was bringing to the mansion. No, not at all. But that's just a different thing that we do in New Jersey. That's a show with we use like 45 actors and, you know, guests come in and they are treated to a variety of uh, scares. Mm-hmm. But that's different from what we're doing here. Oh, I right. see. Okay, so it's a haunted attraction. Do you have like a website for that? Can we share that with people? Sure. It's uh, www.darkcarnivalnj.com. All right. Yeah, I actually, 
I actually had a, a I have a, several friends who are uh, magicians. They're bizarre magicians, and mm-hmm. they they've worked on those type of uh, uh, attractions before. That's how they, effectively, that's how most of them got their start. It, it, they worked on uh, coming up with effects for some of these um, carnivals and haunted houses from the around yeah. the region. Yeah, yeah, we've had we've had some things like that, like uh, fire breathers and whatnot, come down some nights for special special attraction. That's neat. I work in a in a haunted house uh, called Gooley Manor up uh-huh. here. I help with the makeup, and uh, they they we don't have clowns. That, it's the one thing. Oh, that's that's the mess. You need the clowns. Everybody's scared of clowns. Because no, people are horrendously afraid of clowns. But this particular haunt does not. They don't do the clowns. We had a clown night as a fundraiser one night, and I loved it. And I loved sure. it. And I wish we had clowns all the time. But nope, no clowns. So. Sure. <laughs> now, I was thinking of, for not for this year, but for 2017, actually doing eight nights on the weekends only in the mansion, only in the basement, a small haunted attraction. Oh, only that's in good the basement, idea. though. Just for eight yeah. nights a year. Okay. That's, that's a nice cool. idea. Yeah. I think it's so. It's something different so people can, you know, enjoy a little bit of the Halloween season. In, a, in the mansion. But, of uh-huh. course, I, I, I wouldn't allow that up to the other floors of the mansion because I wouldn't want that kind of foot traffic right. through there. Yeah, I, I know that Edwin and uh, Lillian had uh, hooked up with a couple of people that ran the haunted houses, and, and the, the poor mansion took a beating uh, during those things. So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, was not worth especially where you're putting a, a, a good sum of money in it. And... Um, so it'll be exciting. I, I would like to, you know, let you know that if when you're ready to open, uh, Ann and I would love to do a live broadcast from the from the mansion. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And that, uh, would that be cool? That would be awesome. I'd love right. to do that. Get back in there. Yep. Yeah, one hundred percent. Oh, cool. Very good. Um, so, Rob, have you been spending? Uh, I would take it that you've been spending kind of a lot of time there with all the renovations? Well, you'd be surprised, but no. Since since I live in New Jersey and I work, I pretty much work six days a week here, I have a wonderful caretaker uh, who has been with me the whole way, and also she was with Edwin. So she's been pretty much um, my eyes there. And, of course, I get pictures just about every day from everyone. So I'm managing it from New Jersey, So which is the worst part about it because – Believe it or not, I actually do. I love this house so much because I'm so involved in it every day. I really wish I could see it more. That's my biggest regret, that I can't just get out there all the time. And my wife is a little afraid to sleep there right now. <laughs> so when we do go, we come home the same day. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> so it's like a eight hours of driving every time we go because we leave early in the morning. We spend a lot of time there, and then we come back at night. So, yeah, but I, I think mean, that's what I was going to ask you, uh, Rob, is is that, you know, the, the mansion has such a reputation. I mean, with uh, like Joni's book, uh, Bones in the Basement, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Sam's got it down as one of the 13 most haunted places in Massachusetts. And uh, does that affect you? I mean, how does that affect you, I, I guess the, the question is? Uh, me, personally? Well, yes. I mean, um, it, it's... That that will be the driving force of the bed and breakfast, all of its history, uh, both positive and negative. Like, um, you know, 
like I try to explain in some way people ask me, in terms of like bed and breakfast and tours, I try to explain that during the tours, it won't just be the negative, scary history, but there's also a lot of positive history in that house and in the town of Gardner. I mean, uh, there's some, I've, I've read a lot of uh, Eric Stanway's books too about Gardner and, and uh, Mr. Pierce and what he meant to that town and to the furniture industry at that time too. I mean, there's a lot. A lot of history in that town, other than the scary stuff, you know. <laughs> so you'll blend both of them together then. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And, That's uh, great. I'm happy to hear it, and I'm happy to hear that this house is going to be taken care of. Um, you know, because when it went on the market, and I mean, having been there, and we could see the pigeons going in and out of, you know, one yeah. of the upper bedrooms, yeah. and. Uh, you know, the, the the fear was always that someone would buy it and tear it down, and and right. I, I'm I'm very very pleased to hear about your work there. You know, here's one odd story about it. Um, you know, with all the vacancy that the house has had for all these years, another thing with that inspector, I was reading Joni's book, right? And I'm uh -huh. reading a book about a spirit named Maddie Cornwell, who was a care like a almost like a cleaner caretaker of the house who never liked bugs or animals scratching the floor and I'm sitting on my couch in Jersey reading that page and my phone rings and it was the inspector huh? he goes through his whole things he goes right as we're about to hang up he goes Rob I gotta tell you something he goes this house vacant all these years I banged every molding I banged every wall I checked everywhere he goes I didn't see one bug one rodent any cobwebs and it's funny I just laughed to myself I didn't say it to him but I said like, of course the, the, the spirit made is keeping the house clean all these years <laughs> but he actually told me i thought it was odd that i just read that page and here he is telling me that he checked the whole house and you would think you'd be overrun with some sort of insects or something especially right. since it was open to the elements but you know just something he told me that day i thought was funny yeah the ghost scared the crap out of the bugs so yeah <laughs> i guess so <laughs> even the bugs are afraid to go in now uh, so I know, and I know you said you haven't been there very often. On the occasions when you have been there, have you noticed anything, felt anything, anything unusual? Well, you got to remember, the business I run in Jersey, Halloween-related, is all man-made. So I come yeah. into this not really having any experience with this or really too much belief in the paranormal. Uh, so do, you, do you believe in the paranormal at all? It's getting there. <laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I came in without that. So now the first day, I bought the house sight unseen, and the wow. real estate agent was kind of worried about actually taking my offer because he thought didn't think I was a serious buyer. But I told him, I said, you listen, I mean, when you normally buy a house, you don't get to read five books about it, watch a million YouTube videos, read all. So it's almost as though I'd been there. I just yeah. never had a chance to go. So we bought it. The first day I saw it was on closing. So I arrive at the house. I walk wow. up the steps, and when I walked in, Marion was there, who's our caretaker, and she just started showing me, here's the dining room, and I almost became overwhelmed to the point where I was, almost fell down. I was so dizzy. I had to excuse uh -oh. myself and go have some candies that the real estate agent had left by the front door, and I had never had experienced anything like that before. So wow. now maybe I just psyched myself out from all this, you know, months and months of waiting to get there, mm -hmm. but it was certainly a heaviness that had overcome me at that point. And that whole time there, going through the house, different areas of the house, like kind of like my heart racing, this and that. So that was the first, the first kind of experience that I've had. <laughs> Welcome to the mansion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, I, the, yeah, there's so much, you know, interesting stuff about it. I mean, you know, you have the story of uh, what's his name, Enos, the uh, uh, the guy that supposedly the immigrant. The, yeah, yep, he supposedly yep. Uh, human uh, spontaneous human combustion and died, and uh, you know, there's there's other spirits that kick around and stuff. But it, you know, it's got a, a variety of uh, you know stories with it, which makes it. You know, the young child, and you know, it's it's so interesting. The bones in the basement, it's it's amazing stuff. That's you know, it, it, it's good that you have that out there, but in, in some ways, it, it's bad in a way that some people, uh, because of all these stories, and, and they go and maybe if they stay overnight, they they uh, you know expecting to be uh, you know scared the crap out of her. and and how are you going to deal with that? Because it, 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 it's going to be a bed and breakfast. Uh, is would you combine the you combine the the hauntedness with it? In other words, uh, would you have like, for instance, uh, table tipping sessions like we were talking in the first half of the show, or, or stuff like that? Well, um, it, it's hard to say. Like what what I for the bed and breakfast. Now, I, I even though whether what I believe. I have to take all this information that I get seriously because I, I get calls randomly throughout the day from people telling me their experiences, showing me videos, showing me uh, still pictures, and things are all incredibly amazing. So for anyone to come in, we, we, we really made a very strong waiver form just to protect ourselves in terms Absolutely. of that. And the waiver form almost reads that something is going to happen. So be prepared for it. So no one's going to be taken off guard. I mean, in dentistry, we know plenty about, you know, informed consent and waiver forms. So, you know, we always always have to just protect ourselves on that end. But um, in terms of other things, obviously I talk to a lot of people who who might be empaths or, or psychic ability or whatnot. The one thing I was warned about was the Ouija board. So we actually, oh, really? Yeah, I, had, I was just warned about it by several people. So that's really the only thing that we put included on our waiver form that was Seriously. not to be used without our uh, consent, and that we would have to actually know the people and uh, know their intents. So you, that was you're, going, you're going down that path, Rob, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so that, 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 that was the only thing because cause I know so little about it and Mm-hmm. I just was just warned by a few people. <laughs> yeah, it, that's. I mean, that's the problem because you know there are so many people with so many different points of view, and and the right. and uh, I've been doing this for a long, long time, and and have so many friends on all sides of the aisle. That, uh, for instance, I know Bob Merch, who probably is the foremost authority on the Ouija board. He's you know he was the one that. Uh, created a, a tombstone for the um what's his name the the guy who patented the ouija board he's uh he was you know like on the the ouija board movie that just came out he was uh, a consultant on it i mean he's and you know he's been collecting it for years and never ha- never had any problems with it and, and i have other collectors too that i know as well and other mediums witches and and so forth and and they're fine and then you have a totally opposite of the side of the line well, that will do anything else but the Ouija board, uh, right. you know, and in reality, it, it's all the same. Whether you're sitting here with a recorder saying, is there anybody out there? Can you give me a sign or whatever? It, it's all the same. You, you don't know who you're calling it because that's the biggest, biggest complaint about the Ouija board is that 
you don't, they always say you don't know who you're calling it. Well, it's the same with every other piece of equipment and, and method of investigating that you use. It's just that the Ouija board is such a bad rap over it through, right. through Hollywood that, that it has. So, um, I got well, that makes sense. I defend the Ouija board, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is, it's, it's my lack of um, experience mm-hmm. in this field. So right now, when people tell me things, I take almost everything I hear, I take seriously, and I try to pool all the information no, together. Yeah. So I'm, st- I'm still in the information collecting stage. I mean, yeah, when I no. first started it, I, I, we, had a, we had written on the website that we weren't even going to have digital recordings in there because someone told me that that would be bad and yeah, that would upset the spirit. Yeah, yeah. So it's a constantly changing um, theory, let's say, on our, on our end mm-hmm. in terms of as we are just pooling together more information from more people. Right. right. Well, it's it's, it's got to be a live and learn and, and right. you know, learn as you go. And, and the, the thing I tell everybody, if you're not comfortable doing something, don't do it. It's very simple. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is. A lot of, uh, I know other bed and, breakfast, bed and breakfasts that also ban the Ouija board uh, as well. So it, you're not alone. So, but if anything, that gives that little mischief to it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so are you planning um, for the, the B&B? So all, all the way up, um, I know that Edward and, and Lillian never got up all the way to the third floor. Are you going to make the whole thing available? Oh, well, we're definitely going to take care of the third floor, too. I mean, that needs the most work, but we're actually right. putting a separate heating and air conditioning unit for the third floor. Mm-hmm. That way we don't have to make any, um, a lot of holes and whatnot, and uh-huh. you know, in the walls. So right. the easiest way is to put it up in the attic and then drop it down just one level. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, you know, we're going to start with just the five bedrooms on the first floor, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to think that we'd be able to fill ten bedrooms a night, but that's, that would be a tall order. I right. think. Oh, when you first open, I bet you you fill that place up. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd yeah, we went there. to SalemCon this uh, past weekend. We spent a few days there, and um, we believe it or not, people are already starting to make bookings, tentative bookings, because I don't even have my permits yet. I explained that, you know, we could make some dates for you now. You can reserve those dates, but if the permits aren't in, it's just not going to happen. But people still wanted to reserve the dates. See, it has such a great reputation. That you should, it's like the Lizzie Borden House. The Lizzie Borden House does very well. It's the same way. Yeah, I've yeah. uh, yeah, been down there many times, and... Uh, they've run it uh, for the longest period of time. And speaking of Lizzie Bordenhouse, they do allow Ouija boards. So oh. there you go. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, all per, it's all personal preference. So Sure, of course. Yeah. Well, I just, I just can't wait to see this. This is very exciting. Oh, yeah. And I would, I would stay there in a heartbeat. I would absolutely... You know, I, I, especially up on the yeah, third be floor. Yeah, nice would there with heat, wouldn't it? With heat, with heat. Yes. on the third floor, because I honestly, in all of my experiences there, I thought the third floor was the, the, the most active spot. Really? Um, yeah. I've been I told did. that, too. That in the basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, in the basement as well. But just in terms of personal experiences, you know, on, on the third floor, I know my husband had one up there, and uh, Karen Ruck and I were in one of the rooms with the, the dowsing rods and had a lot going on in there. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think it'll be beautiful. Yeah, we had an investigation in early February where they had they caught a piece of furniture move four feet. 
Oh, cool. A couch. Yeah, I, it was actually our first one that we did. It was in early February. It was freezing. And uh-huh. uh, an investigating team came in, and they. it was uh, – I wasn't there, but from what Marion told me, it was fairly impressive with the, the way it moved. It was actually a couch. Mm. Wow, that that is impressive. That's very impressive. I I know that we went when we did the first investigation there. Uh, we were in uh, the bedroom on the second floor, Edwin and Lillian's bedroom, and that's the that's the room that supposedly Enos had spontaneous uh, combusted in. Yeah. And uh, we ha- we were doing uh, recordings there, and uh, everybody in the group was in that room. And uh, what I had did is I took a. Uh, because uh, um, Enos liked uh, his bootleg liquor. Yes. And, yeah, he was a big drinker. So what I did is I took a, a shot of black of Jack Daniels and I placed it on a uh, glow-in-the-dark planchette, Ouija planchette, by the way. Uh, and <laughs> and we, we, put it, we put it in the, in the room. And, and, you know, we were, just, we were sitting there and we were just talking. And we said, you know, Enos, this is, uh, you know, I got a nice shot of whiskey for you here. It's the good stuff, not the rock gut you've been drinking. He says, uh, you know, you can almost taste it, the smell of it. And I said to Jim, our record, uh, EVP guy, he says, can't you uh, smell it? He says, yeah, I can do it. And uh, I says to him, would you like to have some? And uh, all of a sudden you heard this voice that said, yes. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't an EVP. It was an audio voice. It came from the hall. It was Really? Uh, yeah, no, and we were all in the house. Lillian was there, and everybody was in that room. And they all, you could see from the recording, because they all react to it. And, uh, yeah, so you, get, you hear this voice going, yes. So well, it's pretty cool. The one thing that kind of got me to start believing the most was we had some, it has to do with I know, when we had a break-in when we first purchased the house. It was actually around um, Labor Day weekend. We, we had two break-ins since we've owned it, but now we, since then we put security cameras in. But we actually oh, caught the people both times. But anyway, this break-in happened. Two Gardner police officers and a state trooper from Boston came. The state trooper knew nothing about the house. And while undergoing his investigation, a few things happened. And he asked the Gardner police, and they kind of laughed and asked him to call me. So when he calls me, he tells me the, few, the following stories. First he goes, you know, I'm the officer so-and-so. I was investigating with my canine partner. Great dog, six years on the force. He goes, I took him in, and I wanted to take him down to the basement. The dog refused to go down there. He's like, I had to drag him down. His collar was coming off his head. <laughs> and he's like, I was so embarrassed. He goes, this dog has been with me for so many years. He's such a good dog. I was apologizing to your local police. He's like, I didn't understand it. And we dragged him down there by force, and we made one turn, and the dog started crying and took off. He's like, now the dog is afraid. I'm like, wow, that's. So I explained to him what people had told me about the basement. But then the part about I know, he goes, so then I got to the top of the steps and I thought that the vandals had started a fire. He goes, I smelled the smell of fireplace smoke so strong. I started to search. And then then with a snap of the fingers, the smell was gone. So now I almost felt foolish trying to explain this to the guy. He says, well, you know. What the legend says is a man who passed away there in 1962 in a tragic fire. They say when he, you know, comes out, you can still smell that smell. And he couldn't believe it. I so, hate to tell you, but we got about like 15 seconds, so we got to say uh, goodbye to you. Uh, okay, well, that it, was it, a was, good it was story. a pleasure. You saved, the, you saved the for last, you son of a gun. Uh, <laughs> Rob, thank you so much. Can't wait to see the place. No problem. Have a good one. The best of luck with it. Thank Take you. care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye now. Uh, okay.
Very exciting. Yeah, that's good. It's good news, huh? Yes, yes. All right, Black. so we got to wrap it up. The tunes are playing. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And tune in next week when we'll have the video broadcast of Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation. Uh, good night. God bless. Good night. Thanks for listening, everybody. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.